and welcome to the Total Soccer Show. My name is Daryl Grove and I'm joined by my frequent hotel room partner. His name is Taylor Rockwell. Hello. Hello. I think uh, prior to recording, we were, we were doing the math and it is the case that you and I have spent... I think the second most nights in the last like five years together, my, my wife, your wife, respectively, yeah. uh, number one. But in terms of hotel rooms, I think, yes, I've spent more time in hotel rooms uh, with you than my wife yep. in the last few years, for sure. I need to take more vacations. That's definitely what that means for both of us. Yep. Or at least maybe stay in hotels as opposed to staying with people on the road. I'm yep. not sure what that means. But yeah, <laughs> it got to the point where, you know, we went on the uh, the Bundesliga trip mm-hmm. and they booked me a room. Yeah. I just assumed you would be in I it. I kind of did, too. Yeah, they it gave you your own separate room. And then I think I walked into the room because I got there late. And I was like, uh-oh, we're sharing one bed? That seems weird. But Daryl's already made the bed? That seems even weirder. <laughs> so we are still here in New York. We are. Uh, we are here. For, we have two reasons, essentially, mm-hmm. we came to New York this week. One, uh, we appeared on The Cooligan Show. You'll yep. be able to watch that um, on the Fubo Sports mm-hmm. Network. Uh, if you're getting this before, Thursday night, 8 p.m., you can find that. Two... It was MLS Media Day, celebrating 25 years of Major League Soccer and making some bold predictions about the next 25 years of Major League Soccer. We'll get to that later in the show. Bold, disingenuous predictions. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, I have a lot of thoughts about um, why those predictions were made. Well, I have really, a lot of thoughts and feelings and a little bit of rage. So, oh, yeah. interesting. All right, we'll get into <laughs> gonna, all I'm that. I'm going to keep the rage on, uh, on lockdown. <laughs> we'll get yeah. into all that on the third segment. <laughs> But first, yeah. I want to say, mm-hmm. I am genuinely really proud of us that mm-hmm. by the end of this show, we will have reviewed all the Champions League action. I didn't think we would manage it. We I mean, did Tuesday's games yesterday with Barbie and Alexis. We're going to review Real Madrid v Man City and Leon versus Juventus, is it, sort of. Is it too much to ask for two nil-nil draws? Like, that would have been fine. That would have been fine for Because then that would have justified not putting out a show. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. But instead, interesting results necessitate yes. rewatching, reviewing, and seeing uh-huh. what the heck happened. Because these were two not completely unexpected results, but uh, somewhat unexpected as well. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So I want to caveat this by saying we didn't do our usual watch the whole game, mm-hmm. rewatch the whole game, have deep, deep thoughts. But I think we watched enough to get a really good read on what happened here, especially on the goals. We were too busy watching NYCFC in New Jersey. Oh, we also saw the other Champions League, right? We, did. we went out to New Jersey. We yep. saw NYCFC versus... St. Carl? St. Carlos? <laughs> yeah, there this you go. St. Carlos? St. Carlos, yeah. I'm working backwards from a very bad joke I made to you. Correct. St. Carlos. <laughs> on, all, on all accounts, yes. 1-0 <laughs> one, one no win for NYCFC. Yep. So there we go. Three Champions League games reviewed on today's show. And I gotta say, one of the more disappointing games, because it felt for the last 10 minutes like there was definitely gonna be a red card, and yes. there was no red card. There was a red card in the game we're about to talk about, which sure made was. it that much more captivating. Although, weirdly, we're in the strange realm of a disappointing red card, despite the fact that neither one of us had any vested yeah. interest in this so game. so to skip to the end, obviously we didn't watch live we saw it after we knew the results so we saw that it was mm-hmm. Real Madrid 1 yep. Manchester City 2 we knew that we had goals from Isco and mm-hmm. Jesus um, and Kevin De Bruyne a penalty yep. to, uh, to look forward to and then we saw 86 minute a little red card mm-hmm. next to the name of Sergio Ramos and I've got to say, I anticipated it like a pay-per-view fight. Do you want to talk like, about it what? now, or should we talk yeah, about it Yeah, I think the end? I think it's worth talking about. Because from because the, one of the goals involves him feeling like he's been pushed in the back. So you yep. can see the frustration already boiling over. Then uh, the penalty, I think maybe he feels like was, was unfair, even though it's yeah, obviously yeah. a penalty. And so you can see from kickoff, just like he is angrily from kickoff after the they can see the second yes. goal yeah. he's angrily receiving the ball he's angrily passing you can see the frustration it goes out of bounds there's some misplayed passes then there's another misplayed pass and he ends up having to like foul before it's a penalty before it's yeah. a goal in the end it's just like a, a semi uh, Luis Suarez-esque yeah. like smart foul he yeah. takes the red card 
to trip is it Jesus? Yeah, Jesus mm. outside the box who doesn't concede a penalty, doesn't concede a one on one with the keeper. Yeah. It's actually a good red card mm-hmm. in the eighty six minute, it's, right? It, I was expecting an elbow or a sneaky punch or a stamp on someone. I, I feel let down in terms of drama, but I, I have respect for Ramos in terms of how that card was conceded. That's fair. That's fair. I don't know why this is the reference I'm going with, but it is. It feels like like in November Rain by Guns N' Roses when they build up and build up and build up and you're yeah. like, Oh, I know what's coming and then imagine if it was just like, eh, no guitar solo, end of song. Like that's kind of how this felt. It was like, Oh, here we go. Sergio, like we stopped and we bet on what it was going to be. Like, yeah. is it going to be a sneaky elbow? Is it going to be a reckless challenge? Is it going to be a stamp that he thought he got away yeah, with? Yeah. And in the end, a professional foul that was probably the right choice. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. Interesting. All Come right, on, Sergio. We started at the end. Yes. But this game, this game finished 2 1 to Manchester City. Mm-hmm. Manchester City went to the Bernabeu, mm-hmm. to Real Madrid, the first game after they've received the, the yeah. Champions League two year ban. And Pep did his overthinking thing. He sure did. That's he the did most his ridiculous thing, thing about this. You can gar- it's like a guarantee, right? Pep Guardiola at some point in a big Champions League game will overthink his tact and bring out a whole new tactical thing. Mm-hmm. And it will drive us crazy for 10 minutes trying to figure it out. And then we'll figure it out. Yeah. And, and maybe this is like the narrative of the game is like expectations being raised and then not quite met because the Ramos thing we've already talked about with City, we knew the result. We we started, we watched the first half, but kind of not as closely as we did up, up when we rewatched it. And there's this feeling of like, oh, they're all over the place. They've got all this fluidity of I movement. I we had the first half on. Yeah, we did. Room, yeah. And I think we just weren't watching it as like closely yeah, yeah. to notice the weirdness. And it was like, oh, this is it. This is Pep kind of tinkering and like adjusting things. And yeah. he got it right. They won. And then we realized, no, they went 1-0 down doing this. And then they changed it to sort of more sensible tactics yep. and won the game 2-1. Yep. So here's the, let's get into the weirdness. Mm-hmm. The weirdness was when City would build out of the back, they would play in a weird back four, then two defensive midfielders, then two attacking midfielders really deep, and mm-hmm. then two wingers like high and wide, right? Yeah. No sense, not even a false nine, right? It's just mm-hmm. no nine. Yeah. It's a no nine shape. It's a no it's nine. A, it's a no nine four four two. No and nine. Then, no nine. No lots of nonsense. Weird, but weirdly, yeah. Gabriel Jesus wearing the number nine, but he would be all the way over on the left wing. Yep. Uh, Red Mares all the way over on the right wing, and then Kevin De Bruyne and David Silva, who were the like the front- Bernardo Silva. Right. Bernardo Silva, yeah. I always do that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who were the okay. front two in the defensive 4-4-2, but were basically in central midfield mm-hmm. when they went forward, and there would be no striker. And I think the goal was to like uh, maybe pull some Madrid defenders forward, and then Jesus would like cut in from the mm-hmm. left wing and then run in behind. And all of this really excites me as a tactical theory. I think it worked once when Jesus got in behind yep. and had his shot saved. Mm-hmm. I don't think it ever really worked again. And Man City didn't start scoring until they went back to... All right, number nine, you play number nine. All right, Raheem yeah. Sterling, come on, actually play left wing. Yeah, and yeah. I think uh, two, two things going back to like it working and then it not working is that I think it makes sense that if you're going up against a Real Madrid team that have Casemiro in probably like the prime or at least like the form yes. that he's uh, like of his career his or at least, scout enhanced prime. There we go. And then you've got Sergio Ramos and uh, Rafael Varane behind him. Like yeah. you're not going to beat them in the air. They're going to beat you in the air. They're going to beat you for aerial challenges. At mm-hmm. the very least, they're going to make it really difficult. So it then makes a lot of sense to just kind of abandon that pursuit entirely. Yeah. But now you've got more people dropping in means a lot more passing options, a lot more yeah. ways to play out of pressure. You basically win the numbers game mm-hmm. in central midfield, right? By having De Bruyne, Silva, yeah. um, Rodri, and I'm missing Gundogan. Yeah. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think going to the Chelsea conversation we had yesterday, this was another good example of when you're trying something kind of totally different on the fly, you see the vulnerabilities of how often do we see Pep Guardiola? I think you said this, like he seems to be gesturing and pointing and yelling even yeah. more than we've seen Pep Guardiola do and previously. I honestly don't know if that's just a Bernabeu mm-hmm. camera angle where you just see more yeah. of Pep's arms than you would like at yeah. <laughs> uh, the Etihad Stadium. But yeah, I definitely noticed a lot of Pep gesticulating. I also saw Man City yeah, players that's gesticulating mm-hmm. to each other. And not because everything was going wrong. I mm-hmm. think they were trying to just get it perfect. Yeah. Right? It was like, well, because it would be like, uh, like Kevin De Bruyne would, would like try to usher everybody forward. Yeah. And then like Gundogan, there was one moment in the first half when Gundogan comes up and then he's told like drop off, drop off. So he drops in and then the pass goes to where Gundogan would have been. And Kevin yeah. De Bruyne turns around and yells at him so for not stepping new, forward. Basically, right? And you could see, yeah, there's a lot of trying to kind of figure it out amongst the players. And I think it worked in a lot of ways that I think it caused problems for Madrid. And as you said, there were moments when they got in behind. But I think that lack of familiarity and fluidity yeah. is what was sort of it almost was Man City's own stumbling block. Yep, and I mean, they kind of do stumble to concede the first yes. goal in the 60th minute, right? Literally so and figuratively, yeah. Riyad Mahrez wins the ball back yep. off uh, Philand Mendy mm-hmm. um, on Man City's right wing. I, I've got half a theory that maybe if they'd had a traditional centre forward, mm-hmm. he could have just played it forward, but Bernardo Silva's making a weird run to the right. But I, I don't want to like well, pin all my hopes on that. I, I actually, I, I, I disagree with you at first. I think I agree with you a little bit more just because uh, like Bernardo Silva does seem to be making the run that you would expect of a more con- conventional number nine, but he's doing it because of where he's lined up on the field, probably 10 yards further to the right than, a, than like, if you imagine uh, Erling Haaland would be much more central yeah. than making that run, there's more space for that ball to go. Yeah. So I, I take your point that I think maybe if you had somebody a little bit higher, a little bit more central, okay. that run then is on, or at the very least, more threatening. Nice. I agree with me too. All right. So because there's no center forward option yep. to play to, Mares goes backwards. Mm-hmm. And it's not a bad pass at all, right? It goes backwards to uh, mm-hmm. Rodri, I believe. Rodri um, goes back to... Otamendi. Otamendi. And Otamendi... This is where it starts. Comes under pressure, yep. right? There's credit here to Kareem Benzema, 32-year-old Kareem Benzema, mm-hmm. working his... French butt off to go and put pressure on Otamendi and Otamendi panics. He does because I, I don't understand. I don't know if maybe if we watch this in more detail, maybe we would know this for sure. My only guess is that this was a period in which Madrid had backed off the press a little bit because we did see them with numbers committed very high early in this game. Yeah. And I just wonder if maybe they had kind of started to back off and sit in a bit more. And that's why Otamendi thinks he's got a bit of time because his first touch is very much like sort of casual. Like someone who's not going to be challenged, right? right. I'm going to take a touch, look mm. around, pick my pass. And almost instantly you can see him realize, oh no, I have made a mistake and yeah. misjudged this. And so then he's kind of panicking. We're not sure if he's trying to play the ball all the way wide to Riyad Mahrez or if he's playing it just that kind of 10-yard pass into Rodri. But now he's kind of hitting it, driven at Rodri. Rodri tries to control and play it back to him, yeah. but now it's kind of broken down and there's uh, basically a lack of passing options there yep. from then on. It's hit with the heavy... The, the the weight and pace to get to Mares, mm-hmm. who's way far away. Yeah. But it's it's aimed directly at Rodri, yeah. who's very, very close. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and Rodri more he kind of controls mm-hmm. it, he right? Does. And then he sends it backwards. I actually can't remember what happens next, but I know it like the ball starts pinballing essentially. Yeah, I mean I, it's I, pinball not wizard. It's it is not. It's it's a strange thing where I think it's like it's a loose ball that kind of like gets poked and then takes a touch so that it's Kyle Walker now running towards his own goal. And I only I only highlight that because the ball definitely has a little bit of a weird spin and maybe that partially explains what happens happens next which is that Kyle Walker running back towards his goal at full speed but has position he has Vinicius on his kind of like left side like coming from behind but not in a really a threatening position he's not going to outrun Kyle Walker Kyle Walker very quick 
But Walker, I think, tries to kind of control the ball and maybe pass it, but maybe also stop it dead. Kind of stumble? I think he sort of is uncertain what to do and thus stumbles a little bit. And really, the ball just continues on and Kyle Walker doesn't. And now Vinicius is... Not really in on goal, but in a much more threatening position. I mean, he's in the box, right? Yeah, without really... Like, it's a good run. It's good pressure. But it's not as though he took Kyle Walker on mm-hmm. and beat him. It's not as though he, like, fake left, went right, won the ball. It's yeah. just sort of like, oh, I've got the ball now. Thanks, Kyle. He's like, oh, that's looking. <laughs> All, right. Oh, All right. I'll square it to Isco. And uh-huh. he squares it to Isco. Isco's one-on-one um, with Edesson. Yep. Edesson. And just, like, fakes, like, shapes one way. Goes the other yeah. way. Really nice, simple, clean finish yeah. from Isco. 1-0, Real Madrid, 60th minute at the Bernabeu. Mm-hmm. You would have not guessed at this point that City were going to win this game 2-1 away. No, you would not have. You would not have. And this but is then what- Pep. Yeah, yeah, then Pep. He's been overthinking it. He's been overthinking it. He finally starts underthinking it, mm-hmm. right? Silver comes off. Guardiola says, all right, no more of this weird, like, everybody playing out of position stuff. Raheem mm-hmm. Sterling comes on. Raheem Sterling plays left wing. Gabriel Jesus plays right wing. Sorry, Gabriel Jesus plays centre forward. Yep. And Red Morris stays on the right wing. And we've just got a more traditional thing of everybody in a traditional position. Yeah. And now you have, you also have, been, by nature of where Kevin De Bruyne is lining up and where Raheem Sterling is, a oh, very. He's heavily involved in this equalizer. Yeah, you have a very uh, easy overload on that left side of yeah. two players that you absolutely do not want combining quickly in Kevin De Bruyne and Raheem Sterling. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it goes down the left, mm-hmm. right? Um, it goes down. Manchester City's left, Real Madrid's right. Mm-hmm. How do we get in a situation where Kevin De Bruyne is going to the end line? He's played in. He's played sort of in by Raheem Sterling, I think. Okay. Uh, and then De Bruyne drives into the box, and this is where I get confused. And all I can figure is that Madrid players are nervous of Kevin De Bruyne's ability to draw a foul or be in very tight control, and maybe there will be inadvertent contact because there are at least four Madrid yeah. defenders around him. And we've watched it a couple different times, and it always feels like, oh, okay, here's where Kevin De Bruyne gets knocked off the ball. Madrid regain possession and maybe they just kick it long and instead he cuts it back and yeah. then is able to kind of find a pocket of space and cross it to the back post and I still don't really understand the mystery is the pocket of space right yeah. he drives to the end line and as you said he runs out of space because mm-hmm. there's too many Madrid defenders in his way to cross to yeah. the far post he cuts back and then he should still have Madrid defenders he in his face, but this weird bubble opens up. It, it may well. I want to call it a bubble of space. <laughs> it may well be Madrid fans will not love that this is the player I'm going with. It may be that Messi effect of Kevin De Bruyne just might have that ability of nobody wants to dive in and make the challenge. There's a bunch of defenders around him, yeah. and thus diffusion of responsibility. No one actually makes I the play. I think that's the phrase. I worry that we overuse that phrase mm-hmm. too much, but I actually think that happens a lot even in high-level mm-hmm. soccer, where we're just not quite sure who's supposed to take ultimate responsibility of getting right in someone's face. Is, is there a different term like that, that relates to the thing where like, uh, if you're sitting in a room with a group of people and it's like smoke comes under the door that people won't act because everybody feels like, well, every, if, if there was something wrong, everybody would be panicking yeah, and no yeah, one is panicking. It's lack of action. Yeah. Group mentality, maybe herd mentality. Yeah. Either way, smoke is pouring it's under not the defensive door. mentality, which smoke, is what it should have been. The smoke is pouring under the door because yeah. <laughs> De Bruyne has time and space mm-hmm. to look up... Actually, does he look up or does he just know that uh, he knows that Jesus is there? Could Either way, he, I'm going to use the phrase shapes, mm-hmm. shapes across yep. to the far post. He doesn't got a lot of whip, right? It kind of hangs and bends mm-hmm. a little bit. To Jesus at the far post, Jesus is up against Sergio Ramos. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's the, ball, the ball's in the air. Yeah. Jesus gets there first, heads it home, 1-1. One, one. Mm-hmm. Ramos ends up on the floor, gets up complaining. Yep. We watch the replay. There are Gabriel Jesus' hands in Sergio Ramos's back. Mm-hmm. Ramos is appealing that he was pushed, and that's mm-hmm. why he lost this header. Yeah. I bought it. I bought it for like three or four mm-hmm. replays. Yeah. I wasn't 
I didn't, I didn't think I realized what fully happened until about the fifth replay. Yeah, I mean, and really... Ramos is a good actor, is what I'm saying. He is. This, <laughs> but this is, a, this is a situation in which if this is given as a, a foul and it goes the other way... Yeah, call back for VAR, right? I could probably watch this and be like, yeah, okay, I can see that. Um, and I was surprised that... I'm assuming this went to VAR. I'm yeah. surprised the review didn't Because you see the ref telling everybody to wait. Yeah, and he yeah. says, and he says like, push in the back. Like you, or he gestures yeah. push in the back when the Madrid players are around him. So he's either saying, like, no, it wasn't the case, but you don't see him shake his head. So my assumption is he's saying, like, yeah, we're checking for push in the back. Yeah. The reason why I think it's not given, or maybe there's a couple reasons. The first is it may well be just the kind of very simple answer of Gabriel Jesus is smaller than Sergio Ramos, and the idea that he was, like, knocking Ramos off is maybe a bit, like, uh, a bit much, but I don't really buy that. What no, I think no. it is is that I think Sergio Ramos has stepped towards Kevin De Bruyne and is now backing up to try to get in a position to win that header and is essentially backing into Gabriel Jesus, yep. who has better positioning. Mm-hmm. So I think right there... You've got Sergio Ramos kind of backing into Gabriel Jesus's face, so he is moving uh, like backwards as opposed to straight up in the air. So right there, that kind of doesn't really favor him. And I think it's exemplified by Gabriel Jesus puts his hands up, but you don't really see the elbows extend. And I think right there, it's him sort of being like, hey, you're coming in my space. I'm putting my hands up to protect mm-hmm. myself, and then I'm jumping. And I think Ramos jumps. I do think he's able to make this sort of connection really quickly, but I think he jumps, realizes he's not going to make a play on, or be able to make a play on it successfully, but also felt the hands in the back. Yeah. And so basically as he's missed it and is hitting the ground, it's as he's, he's already down, right? calling for it. As yeah. he's coming down, he's already appealing for it because yes. he knows he hasn't got the head out. Right. I think the key thing you said there is there's no extension from mm-hmm. Gabriel Jesus, right? He does not extend his arms. There yeah. is no actual push. It's not a foul to just touch someone mm-hmm. in the back. No, it's not. And so uh, the, the goal stands, but this is, I think, a good talking point here because it relates to the second goal as well. It's Madrid players being professionals and knowing yeah, yeah. knowing there is a way I can try to argue my way yeah, out yeah. of this and I will do it attempt. immediately. A last-ditch yes. attempt. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, but 1-1 but mm-hmm. mm-hmm. at this point. And then... <laughs> yes. And then... Raheem Sterling wins a penalty. Mm-hmm. I can't remember how Raheem Sterling gets himself. Um, He's again, I believe, played uh, down the line by Kevin De Bruyne. There we go. Mm. So that's it. That's the combo. Yep. De Bruyne plays Sterling down the left wing. Yep. Uh, Sterling dribbles into the box. Mm-hmm. He, I think he's accelerating to the end line, right? Yep. Essentially. Danny Carvajal's like, oh, I can get this with a slide tackle. Um, it's not a horrible tackle by any means, but it's a millisecond too late, right? Because as Carvajal's sliding across, Sterling gets his. Like toe to the ball and pushes yeah. it forward, and then Carvajal takes out Sterling. Mm-hmm. That's a penalty kick. Carvajal's immediately up and appealing. Yeah, I'm going to say he's a half second late. I think Sergio Ramos was a millisecond late, okay. which I know sounds very yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, pedantic. But I was, I was just going to make the point that it wasn't like he missed yeah. completely yeah. and cleaned him out. Right? Well, I mean, he, he kind of did. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I do. Only I only say that it wasn't because as bad as the San Carlos foul. This is at very the end true. of the NYCFC game that this nearly caused a brawl. But but I, I think the, again, the only reason why I'm like being difficult here is just because it is so hilarious to me that when this happens again. As it's happening, Danny Carvajal is completing the sliding challenge in which he takes out Raheem Sterling and is already, while still sliding, pointing to say, I got the ball, I got the ball, <laughs> which immediately tells me you did not get the ball. If you are already being like, <laughs> sure. I got to complain right away. Uh, and yeah, and so I think that's ju- that's just the thing for me is that that slow motion replay, slow mo always makes it look worse. But in that incident, it's he doesn't get anywhere near the ball. I guess he gets a little bit near the ball, but he mostly gets all the way into Raheem Sterling's feet, goes over, you see him protest, and then you see him very quickly abandon the I got the ball and uh, quickly shifts into, no, it was a dive. I didn't really make any contact. Yeah, yeah. He was already going down. And that's definitely what he switches to. And right there, it's like, okay, if you're switching from I, I did this to, no, okay, actually, he did that, 
you're kind of saying right away, like, I'm not going to get away with this. He worked his way through the appeals process yes, really quick, got he did. to the Supreme Court mm-hmm. within a week, and it, yeah, it was done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Penalty kick. The appeal was rejected. <laughs> Kevin De Bruyne scores it uh, 2-1 to Manchester City. We've already talked about the subsequent Sergio Ramos red card, mm-hmm. but I think that's the, so what happened to, for it to happen, we've talked about yep. it. But Ramos missing the second leg, I think, is a big, big it's, deal. It's, it's, it is, but it's going to be a very strange second leg because Benjamin Mendy uh, picks up a yellow card. He has yellow card uh, accumulation suspension. Ferlan Mendy picks up a yellow card. He has the yellow card so accumulation no suspension. Wait for it. Sergio Ramos gets injured or gets the red card, is is suspended for the second leg, but Imerick Laporte is subbed out in the first half. We didn't talk so about this. So Fernandinho has to sub in. So both teams will be down their starting left back or a starting left back and also a very important center back for both teams. I can't believe we didn't talk about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Man City started Laporte, who they've yep. been nursing back to health, I think, for this game. Mm-hmm. It's been very carefully like, okay, play a game, take a rest, you're back, play a game, take a rest, we're going to get you in for Real Madrid. Yeah, 30-something minutes in, mm-hmm. there's some muscle pull, right? Yep. Something goes wrong, and Fernandinho is back at centre-back. Yes, yeah. And the biggest shock to me is that Fernandinho, uh, with Laporte being back, Fernandinho didn't replace um, Rodri in mm-hmm. central midfield. It's yeah. a big vote of confidence for Rodri. It is. By Guardiola. And we saw Rodri with a professional foul in this game. We did. Yeah. In the 21st minute, I noted it because we were both like, hey, you yeah, did it. it. <laughs> yeah, And there was a decent amount of that from, from Man City. That's how Benjamin Mendy gets that yellow card. Yeah. Is there was definitely an emphasis on maybe because we're sort of unfamiliar with some of the defensive shape, it's easier just to I feel like that was the contingency plan from Pep. Of like, if you feel like you're out of position, if you feel like you're not quite where you need to be, just make the foul. It's better to get the card and we'll deal with it in the second leg. He'll never admit it. He'll never admit nah. it. So a 2-1 win away from home for Manchester City. That second leg is going to be appointment television. Yeah. Yeah. And if you want to maybe enjoy a nice meal yeah. um, in the middle of the day. Yeah. You don't right? have to leave the house for that when that game's happening. You want to be able to cook? No, because you might not get back in time. Yeah. So what you should do is sign up with HelloFresh because you get mouthwatering seasonal recipes and pre-measured ingredients delivered right to your door with HelloFresh, mm-hmm. America's number one meal kit. And look, dining out can go wrong. And I don't just mean like food poisoning, bad meal. I mean that like we've both probably had those situations in which like oh I've got plenty of time before I've got to be at this thing you show up at the restaurant suddenly there's a line it takes forever yeah, the yeah. service is slow now if you are kind of this is appointment television and now you're going to miss that appointment you don't have that issue with HelloFresh because all the meals you don't uh, yeah they can be made in 30 minutes even 20 minutes if you're really hustling uh, and <laughs> maybe have it a little bit uh, with the quick recipe option uh, then you know you're going to get the meal done you're going to be able to eat in front of the TV and not miss a moment except for the points when you're eating because you should probably look at your food while you're eating <laughs> and with HelloFresh's pre-portioned ingredients. You can't overthink it like Mm-mm. Pep did in, this, in the first half. He would still find a way. <laughs> you think Pep could ruin a HelloFresh recipe? Uh, it would be like, it would be like yeah, ma- make a hamburger, which they do have. They've got the uh, like the craft burgers. Mm. Uh, he would, he would like the the meat is the bun now. I would like to think that halfway through him overthinking this yeah. and maybe not following the HelloFresh instructions, mm-hmm. someone else would come in and be like, "Hey, Pep, we love the way you think. Yeah, yeah. The imagination, mwah, it's beautiful." Yeah, but. Someone's already done the thinking for you here. Mm-hmm. Put all these foods in their natural position. Cook them for the time it says to cook them. And you will have a meal that looks just like the picture and tastes even better. And I think even Pep would agree. I hope he would. I hope he would. But like, if you're maybe Pep Guardiola is using HelloFresh, but now, uh, well, he'll be back at Man City. Maybe Zidane Zidane is using it, but he'll be on the road, so he won't need it that week. <laughs> uh, you can easily change your delivery uh, days or food preferences and skip a week whenever you need. Uh, and... The best of all, Daryl Grove, if you go to HelloFresh.com slash TSS10 and use code TSS10, you get 10 free meals, including free shipping. Don't eat all 10 meals Nuh-uh. during that Man City-Real Madrid game. That's too many. Only eat 
one. Only yeah. eat one. Especially yeah. since they only send you three. <laughs> oh, it's three at a time. Three <laughs> yes. at a time, right. Yeah. Once again, it's hellofresh.com slash TSS10 and use code TSS10 for 10 free meals, including free shipping. And thank you very much to HelloFresh for sponsoring today's episode. Now, Daryl, should we talk a little Champions League again? Champions League yeah. Part 2? So the other game, and in this part case, deux. part two appropriate. <laughs> it very much is. Um, and the hot shots were <laughs> Leon as they beat Juventus 1-0 in the first leg at home mm-hmm. i'm going to say unexpected yeah mostly just because you know juventus ronaldo yeah. big names etc you researched this game previewed this mm-hmm. game you knew more about this game going in than i did i did i still wasn't really right though because i thought it would be leon in the 433 i thought they could do some things to exploit juve's 433 juve were in that roughly that shape yeah uh, no Iguain. i thought he would be there and then leon for their part went with a back three slash back five on occasion mm-hmm. more of like a 532 defensively uh, definitely 532 yeah. yeah and i think did do some of the things we expected of crowd of the middle, didn't let Juve play through, made that difficult, even when Dybala would drop in and kind of mm-hmm. be an extra central midfielder. It still didn't really have much of, of an effect because Leon just had the numbers in place to deal with it. Yeah, so they made it difficult. From what we yeah. saw, right, we didn't mm-hmm. watch the full game here. I'm guessing most people listening didn't see the full game. That's probably this, true. Because yeah. this was not the big televised game, right? Because there's only one Real Madrid versus Man City. That is true. Right? Well, except until... Two weeks from now when there's another. No, that's called Man City versus Real Madrid. Good point. <laughs> you always do that to me. Semantics. I feel, I feel like I've got you back. Um, <laughs> you are technically correct, which is... The best kind. There it is. <laughs> um, so it finished 1-0 to Leon. The goal came from... Um, I wish we could curse on this podcast right now. <laughs> you can curse off Mike afterwards. That's right. Um, Toussaint um, in the 30th minute. Mm-hmm. Before we break down the goal, or as a sort of um, the, the setup to break down the goal, yeah. it's really worth pointing out... Mm-hmm. That Juve's formation mm-hmm. while defending this Leon attack was goalkeeper four four one. Right. If you add that up, there's you a man missing. Somebody. Who's missing? Taylor and why? Center back Matthias Delict. Yes. Uh, in the a couple minutes before the the goal happens, uh, there's a free kick for Juve. Uh, he is involved in a sort of scrum. A lot of contact in there. It seems like most of it is from Alexandro. He definitely his gets, teammate. Yeah, uh, uh, Delict on the ground definitely gets his chest stepped on. Then there is some sort of impact on his head. I don't know if it's a, a cleat or a knee. Uh, it might be a Leon player. I think, as I said, it's, it's Alexandro. Either way, he pops up, and there is blood everywhere. There is. So he has to leave the field. Get treatment. You basically can't be bleeding right. while you're playing soccer, right? So he has to leave the field. Juve are temporarily down to only one centre back, Brunucci, in the four four one. So Danilo, the fullback, mm-hmm. has to step across and fill in. Yep. Correct me if I'm wrong in any of this. Quadrado, who is playing like right winger, right forward, has to come back and play right back. Mm-hmm. Quadrado, not necessarily out of position because no. he's done that before. I would argue Danilo. Always a fullback, mm-hmm. n- almost never a centre back. Yeah. Definitely out of position, and then obviously a man down doesn't help either. Right, but yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right there to draw that distinction that it's Quadrado going back to right back. But we've seen him do that. He's been a very attacking right back for Juve. He did that this past weekend. We've seen Dybala go to sort of right wing, right midfield when the situation requires. Which is where he went, right? Yeah, and when Juve are trying to kind of sp- like trying to spread the field, so that's not that out of normal. It is strange to have Alexandro as a centre back, not have Delict in there, and no, Alexandro was a left back, right? Excuse Danilo me, Danilo was a centre back. Doing that. Danilo. Um, Getting your Brazilian fullbacks mixed up. My mistake. Um, 
But I think, yeah, if you don't have that center back in there, it's not even as though Danilo makes a massive mistake or gets caught out or drops too deep and breaks an offside line. It's just that I think if you don't have that sort of rock, which is how I think of center backs, then you have maybe just a little bit less positional discipline, a little bit less confidence in what you're doing. And I think you also, as we keep mentioning for some reason this week, if you don't have the kind of patterns that you're used to, yep. then maybe you're a half step slow to step or a half step slow to close down. So the cutback that Toussaint yep. scores from, mm-hmm. um, it's Danilo who's gone to the touchline to try and block it. I actually can't remember the Leon player who cuts it back. Uh, I believe it's Awa. I could be wrong on okay. that one. Uh, but yeah, it comes from a throw in. Quadrado goes to challenge. It's like a short throw that's knocked back. Quadrado goes to challenge and he basically is a little bit slow to get there. It's lifted over his challenge. Ooh, but now he's, the foot. Nice yeah, little flick. Now right, he's yeah. taken out of the play. Bentoncourt uh, has to then slide over to try to deal with the player who we assume is Awa. Yes, um, is. Right. And I think, again, because he is now having to step and cover, he's not used to maybe doing it in exactly that way. Mm-hmm. He's a step slow and loses his mark. And now you have the situation in which you have a fullback playing center back and you don't maybe have him covering the ground you would covering the space you might necessarily get from Delict being in there mm-hmm. and I think that creates a lot of problems and even just the size of Delict's body also that. versus the size of Danilo's <laughs> body part of being a big a center back is that you're big and you can block a bunch yes. of stuff right to get it down to absolute basics yes I think like there are always examples of like tall fullbacks and short forwards it's tough to find a short center back yeah even, I guess Gary Medell would be the big one yeah, Which is an then, ironic way to put that. But then, even then, it was a it was a very different uh, Chilean cyberpunk kind of style. Yes, right? the <laughs> very best very I can true. think of is Cannavaro. Yeah, that's yeah, probably fair. But the that's fact that chat. we have to like reach and name people mm. is um, sort of uh, the the outlier is evidence of the the mainstream. Yes. Usualness. That is okay. not the correct phrase, but you know what I'm saying. I knew what you meant, buddy. The mainstream <laughs> usualness. Um, and then we 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 watched this a few times, and what became. Uh, somewhat clear is that Awa is looking, it seems, for the head of uh, Dembele, yes. who's there at the near post. The ball does not find him, but I think everyone else for Juve thought it was going to, because you can see yeah. a lot of ball watching happening, a lot of people trying to track Dembele, fewer people trying to track uh, Lucas Dussar at the top of the box. Yeah. He's very specifically, clever, right? Yeah, specifically Adrian Rabio, who I think is with him uh, as the throw in is taken, but then I think sees. Like the situation's sort of devolving as Quadrado gets taken he's out. He's a little bit. Yeah, he's right? to he's slide like, over. Oh, yeah. something's happened over there. Uh-oh, that's gonna, not good. I'm going to go and see if I can mm-hmm. help. Yeah. And then he conveniently walks away after the goal is scored, um, making sure that there's enough distance between him and the goal scorer <laughs> so that it doesn't look like it's his fault. It might be someone else's yeah. fault. Mm-hmm. Um, you were also impressed. This isn't like a major, major thing, but I'm impressed by little things mm-hmm. like this. You spotted the, um, the right wing back mm-hmm. uh, for Leon was briefly making the identical Dubois? run to Dubois. I, I have I have the team shit here. You are correct. I didn't because I didn't think he would play. Blanche Dubois. <laughs> of course. Of course. Um, I didn't think he would play because he's been out uh, with injury. Uh, but he, in he comes. In he comes on this run uh, to, try to, to try to get on the end of this cross. And I think he would have been in the right position. He basically would have been where Tussar was, to his credit. He recognizes, oh, that guy's there and he's pretty good. Yeah. So he kind of checks off at the last minute. But it may have been one of those situations in which you're open and there's space open, but as soon as you're screaming and demanding the ball, you kind of draw attention to yourself. Yeah, and maybe yeah. just checking off that Keep last minute away. keeps that space open. It's like a quiet place. A quiet place. You've got to go carefully. you yeah. got to go carefully. And then you get a sequel? I guess so next maybe. week. Yeah, two weeks. Yeah, there you go. You know what? I'm going to watch that sequel. Have I don't know that. if it's a great idea, but I'm going to watch that sequel. All right. Um, okay, so the ball does reach Tussar, but it's a little bit behind him. I think because, as you said, it wasn't yeah. necessarily aimed for him. It was aimed for Dembele. Tussar, like, he leaps. Mm-hmm. He's midair because the ball's off the ground. But the ball's behind him, and he manages to, from a little bit behind him, yep. 
really oh, he he sort of uh manspreads yeah. right mm-hmm. like i was recently accused of doing yes um when we appeared on the cooligan show mm-hmm. um gets that left leg back far enough mm-hmm. and then the really impressive part is opens up with it's that nice purple socks you got going with on that, thank you with that left leg uh to just caress it into the top yep. corner it's yeah. a really nice improvised but also technical finish it is and you can see the sort of insulting slowness of the finish by the way if you watch the replay uh Stesny, the uh uve goalkeeper you can see his look of like anguish as it's going in <laughs> it's not even in the back of the net and he just knows like well that got by me oh dear mm. yeah lucas Tussar, i'm correct Tussar is the guy that is uh signed for her to berlin or will join them next summer right yeah it was the, it's the pulisic at dortmund situation where he's been sold but then loaned back for the remainder okay. of the season and then joins in the summer i still say it's weird he's playing champions league Round of 16 football. He's 1-0 up after the first leg. That won't be happening at Hertha Berlin next season. Money talks, my friend. I guess But so. it was cool to see Tussar, uh, who will be moving, uh, and his likely replacement, Guimarães, uh, who was the player I really wanted to oh, see Oh, you start. like him, right? Yeah. He came in and started, and I thought was with the two of them combined really well in midfield. It's sad we won't get to, get to see more of that next season. Mm-hmm. But the two of them, combined with Awa, uh, combined with Dembele making runs, it was a very enjoyable experience to behold. So this match day, which will be mirrored... Um, yep two weeks from now i believe so it'll be the tuesday games it's Might gonna be, be really now i forget how they do it i can't remember if there's games next week some weeks from now oh they do invert it yeah sorry go ahead i was right the first time i think so oh so you should just let me go yeah probably. all right uh, yeah so this match day <laughs> i forget how they do these things this match day will be great to watch mm-hmm. right because it will be um man city hosting real madrid yep. with a one goal lead right uh-huh. and two away goals uh-huh. yeah um but zidane like going for it Will Zidane not win the Champions League for once? Um, and then it will be Juve at home with a 1-0 deficit. Both of those games will be worth watching. They certainly will, my they friend. They certainly mm-hmm. will. Before we talk MLS Media Day, yes. today's show is sponsored by The Athletic. Come we are, of them. course, part of The Athletic Podcast Network. But The Athletic's not just things you put in your ears. It's things you can put in your eyes. <laughs> You put it in your eyes? I mean, I'll hold it real close. All right. Um, yes, they are. <laughs> I should probably get new glasses. Probably so. <laughs> uh, they have uh, many wonderful writers, uh, many of whom will be very familiar to our listeners, uh, including Meg Linehan, who had a great yeah. breakdown of the uh, updates to the uh, U.S. women's national team lawsuit with yep. U.S. soccer. Uh, and Carl everything. Anka has a great thing about uh, hairstyles yes. and hairdressers. Sorry, and, I, I interrupted. And I love Carl Anka, but Meg Linehan, I think, sorted through like a thousand-page document like overnight <laughs> to find at least... Uh, a few very specific details that are very uh, worth perusing. And then if you want to hear more about MLS Media Day, we're going to talk about it a bit, as Daryl said. Uh, Sam Steshko uh, has an article about it and about his impressions, which seem to be somewhat in line with ours, I think. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Um, if you would like to read any of those aforementioned articles, you can get a free trial. Um, and then you can also get 40% off an annual subscription if you go to theathletic.com slash Total Soccer. That's theathletic.com slash Total Soccer for 40% off an annual subscription. And you can try it for free to begin with. The link will be in the show notes. Hooray. Thank you to The Athletic Hooray. for sponsoring <laughs> this episode of The Total Soccer Show. Uh, so, Daryl Grove, we yes. went to the Mandarin Hotel. Yeah, uh, the in, very fancy Mandarin yes, Hotel. Very much so. Yeah. Almost unnecessarily fancy, I would say. Almost, because we checked, eight times more expensive than the hotel we're staying in. Yes. Eight times. Yes. That's before taxes and fees. Yeah. And we... So maybe nine times. I will clarify, are not uh, staying in the uh, salon, the grand salon, as well as the two attaching salons. My point <laughs> being that... We're talking about a room cost. We're not even talking oh, about yeah, yeah, the yeah. amount to rent the facilities that they rented in order <laughs> to host this event. It was nice and glitzy, right? Mm-hmm. So for people who weren't aware, 
This was the 20... It was like an MLS media the day. Shining. It was the 25th... It was like a celebration of 25 years of Major League Soccer, mm-hmm. right? Which, I want to say at the top, is worth celebrating because no other professional soccer league in the United States mm-hmm. has operated for 25 years, right? And the whole event was very... Let's pat ourselves on the back, right? It was a lot of interviews on stage with owners and former players. Um, so what, like Larry Berg was up there from LAFC. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marcel Balboa was up there. Don Garber was interviewed by Taylor Twelman yeah. to open it. And the reason I'm a little bit hesitant on the word interview is it felt a little bit stagey, right? Like, I'm going to set you up to say these good things about the league. Thanks, Taylor. Let's do that. All right. you know let, I mean? let's, let's, let's do it this way. Like, Daryl, can you ask me, uh, like, what TV show I'm really enjoying? What TV show the Outsider is a really good show. Like it's it's knowing the like beginning the answer before the question is truly yeah, yeah. finished. Well, it wasn't over talking, but it's more like he no, knew what was it's coming. It's just it's like very quickly that yeah. he was in on the answers, and like it's it's credit to Don Garber that he is very good in his delivery. But yeah. when you don't have any of the ums and ahs, you need a couple ums and ahs. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it's a speech. So, yeah, so it's essentially prepared statements, yes. but mm-hmm. presented as interviews, which yes. is the harsh way mm-hmm. of, of putting it, right? Yeah. So the big things coming out of this, MLS patting themselves on the back. I'm okay with that. Do it. It's fine. You've survived mm-hmm. 25 years. You've somewhat thrived for 25 years. Yeah. But there were some big, bold statements made about the future of Major League Soccer. Mm-hmm. More than once it was mentioned that, uh, okay, it's been 25 years. 25 years in the future, what do you see? And there seemed to be this weird, um, like a memo seemed to have been passed around with talking points mm-hmm. um, that we're going to be the biggest and best league in the entire world yeah. 25 years from now. Yeah. Um, sorry, now I'm on a bit of a rant here, but I'm trying to set the scene. What I'm really interested in here is how many of the people who said that on stage actually believed it and how many thought like we need to say this to make ourselves look good um zero actually believed it okay i I just i mean maybe there are people who really truly believe that and i don't even mean it to be disrespectful to major league soccer who knows maybe it will be but Mm -hmm. the level of confidence and the level of certainty about how they would be able to eclipse other leagues and the market share that they would gain yeah it, it felt a bit like a thing that they were saying because it was a thing that needed to be said in order to create interest and it's a very yeah specific create way. confidence present confidence create confidence yeah. maybe draw some more investment yeah but it's <laughs> like i'm trying to think of a good example but it's just essentially that if you really are targeting that growth then you're targeting that growth and here are the measurable measurable steps we're taking to make that happen yeah but realistically what that we're, was we're gonna let arthur blank and the lafc owners decide how much <laughs> exactly. each team is allowed to spend exactly. that's how you do that you don't yeah. let the cheapskates hold you back no but the other thing you do is work organically to have logical growth and more interest and find ways to make that happen naturally yes. instead of just constantly talking about how we're going to be the best. We're going to be the biggest. We're going to be the yeah. best. Everyone's going to care about us. No one's going to care about La Liga. And I know this wasn't the, the, the point of the day or the thinking mm-hmm. behind the day. I would have loved an actual mm-hmm. sort of presentation of what the next 25 years holds yep. in terms of realistic, yeah. identifiable goals and how we're going to get there. And yep. those talks might be happening behind the scenes, right? Mm-hmm. They can't just go in the office every day at MLS HQ and be like, 25 years, we're going to be the biggest in the world. Yeah, everyone high five. And then everyone <laughs> just answers their emails, right? I wish that, I wish that is what they had done. The more specific Yay, strategy everybody meetings, high five. There are more specific strategy meetings than that yep. aimed at more realistic, more achievable goals, right, mm-hmm. in the short term. I hope. My fingers have crossed. Look, yeah. there they are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I just, I, I still go back to like, just like, if you want that to be the thing you're doing, then do it. But, you, I feel like you don't hear the Bundesliga constantly talking about how we want to eclipse the Premier League. No. You don't hear Serie A say, say... In fact, sorry, I'm sorry to cut you off, but the Bundesliga say, we know we are behind mm-hmm. 
in the Premier League in terms of um, international attention and TV rights deals, and that's what we're trying to catch up with. Yeah, which is an, actually a it's it's a realistic um, assessment of what's going on mm-hmm. and what you're trying to do. It's yeah. not like give us two years, we'll overtake the Premier League. Yeah, and and then I think when it's said in that way of we're going to overtake it, but in the context of a very fancy event with re- remarks or at least questions that feel slightly scripted, slightly rehearsed. Uh, and, and, and sort of not particularly – as an example, like there was a mention of Nashville almost not having a stadium. It was a, and it was mentioned in terms of – and that situation is resolved and now everything's fine. It was a challenge we overcame. There's yes. a lot of – here are some challenges we overcame. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and again, it's like it's, it's not a problem if you have problems. It's a problem mm-hmm. if you don't acknowledge those problems and don't seem to like necessarily be learning from them. And it, and it does just feel like a thing that you can't have – any vulnerabilities for fear of the Premier League doesn't have vulnerabilities, even though it does. And so, like, we can't have those. Otherwise, yeah. we're not the Premier League. And, you know and- what the Premier League doesn't have also is events where they um, have to have people go on stage and tell you how good the Premier yeah. League is. It's kind of like we already know how good the Premier League is, so no one has to say it. Yeah, and I, and I, and I, I want to say, Daryl uh, sitting next to me, it was – very enjoyable to just hear the number of loud exhales. <laughs> I was I doing that? I wasn't even. Yes. No, I wasn't I think, even aware. I, mean, I, was doing I that. think it's probably one of those things. This is about to be adorable, so buckle up for that. It's one of those things where, like, my I will tell my wife, like, you know, you made a face when that happened, right? She's like, no, and I was like, don't worry. It's like only a thing that I would have noticed because I'm sure you experienced this. Like, you know your wife well enough to know, like, ooh, she didn't like that, even if it was only like a like a momentary oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. And that's kind of what I it know was. every facial muscle. It's yeah. So <laughs> I know your breathing apparently that when there was. Just moments when it was like, yeah, there was a. We should move these twin beds farther apart. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how detailed you want to go, but there was conversation about like we're working on the new stadium by closing down the highway, and and I think that made yeah, that yeah. got a big exhale from Daryl. Well, that was more. I felt more of a class issue where yeah. it was yeah. um, <laughs> the offspring of a billionaire, yeah. like celebr- Like I think attempting pr- to present mm-hmm. a really good face on like how much progress we're making with uh, the St. Louis soccer mm-hmm. team, and uh, the great thing is that we've closed off all the ramps to the highway, yeah. um, which was necessary, I think, to be part of their construction. But I think maybe didn't realize until she said it out loud mm-hmm. how. Um, my my billionaire family is going to come in and destroy your infrastructure <laughs> so we can put a soccer stadium in. Yeah. How, much that, how good that sounded. Yes. Or how bad that sounded, sorry. So um, exhales aside, <laughs> yeah. I, I did enjoy that part. Yeah. I think, I'm a big fan of infrastructure. Put it that way. That's yeah, good. Uh, I think my summary of the event would be, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh, and, and I think it culminates because it, it was the uh, announcement, announcement of the new like advanced statistics metrics uh, software that they're going to be utilizing. It's the new yeah. Anthem uh, from Hans Zimmer. Uh, wonderful. Uh, and then I think the other thing that I wanted to say, and I might be totally wrong here, but this felt like the unveiling of Inter-Miami in in somewhat large font and David Beckham in larger font. Oh, because Beckham was the the headline. Yes, the headline act, right? Yeah, and so yeah. like, don't forget that Nashville are launching in the same season, and mm-hmm. this almost felt like an event that was planned for like three years ago when Miami were f- supposed to launch, and it was just going to be Miami. Yeah, and so like Ian Air of Nashville was there, but he was on a panel with like what it was uh, Ian Air. Greg Berhalter, Gianluca Busio, and Marcelo Balboa. Yeah. The most the way, obvious foursome. Marcelo Balboa, uh-huh. my favorite 
person on stage at this entire thing because he was the most honest person on stage. Yep. And he didn't present a negative light, but he presented MLS in the positive light mm-hmm. in an accurate and honest way. Yeah. Is my is my feeling based on what I saw. I actually I actually thought that foursome was probably the best one because yeah. the only one that I was a bit cynical on was Ian Air when he was asked like yeah. what half does... decent football team as well. Yeah, that's true. If you put them all together, <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally right. <laughs> um, but he was asked uh, like, what does success look like for you all this season? Mm-hmm. And and I was giving him stick. I was about to tweet a thing about like his answer was you know we had a look around and we decided if, if at the end of the season we can look the fans in the face and feel like we did our best then that's success yeah. and then in year two we can evaluate based on what we did in year one and that allows us to know like what yeah. our achievable goals are and he prefaced this by saying honestly i don't know because we it's the first time right yeah and i think right there like that is an honest answer he mm-hmm. easily could have said we're gonna make the playoffs and we're gonna have a successful season and you know we're winning mls cup like that's not going to happen it i mean i guess it could mathematically but like like you again it's the same thing as saying we're going to overtake the premier league if he yeah. had said that you know like okay so you don't actually believe that you're just saying what you think you're supposed to say yeah. i felt like he gave honest answers i think greg berhalter gave honest answers yeah. jean luca busio the same uh he by the way jean luca busio 17 years old ridiculous looked very composed on yes. stage. if i was 17 mm-hmm. on that stage i'd have been a lot more fidgety mm-hmm. and a lot more nervous yes also a couple you know moments when it seemed like he was kind of over it which was also appropriate yeah. so i enjoyed that too <laughs> uh, and then yeah marcelo baboa like answered questions very honestly uh by the way when we were watching this today mm-hmm. i didn't know we were going to break it down and analyze it like a game i'm kind I of enjoying care. this yeah. i don't I, well, I just i think i've i don't know why like marcelo babo is one of those players who he doesn't jump to the forefront in my mind when you think of that 94 team and you think of kind of iconic players yeah and then you look at kind of like what he has done in his career, how he was in that inaugural season, how he was with that 94 team, how he's seen the league grow. And now he's the play by play commentator, I believe, for Colorado. And no, I know he is. So he does uh, media work for Univision mm-hmm. and he's coaching Colorado U14. Yeah, thank you. 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 Yeah. Thank you. Um, but so to hear him sort of talk about the differences and the experiences, again, it was sort of an honest uh, like depiction of what it was like versus yeah. what it is now. So I thought uh, that panel you, was solid. Do you want to share like the thing that may blew sure. both our minds was mm-hmm. he essentially said like he's one of the first players in the league mm-hmm. and they were kind of told hey we've got money for three years yep for three seasons mm-hmm. that's how many we can definitely yep. go and um, so you guys have got to be players you've got to be like pr yeah. you've got to be entertainers uh, and hopefully we keep going after that right and, so and actually the contrast to go from that in 96 to 25 years that's impressive it is i want to stick by with- being realistic yes right? but i want to stick with that for a moment because like this is kind of moving aside from the event for a moment i found that fascinating the yeah. way he explained that because again think about what he said you have to be players you have to be pr people you have to be entertainers and look at some of the people who came out of that team from that era it's eric winalda it's alexi lalas mm-hmm. like that is sort of who they are still mm-hmm. and so it's it's just fascinating those to were see, jobs like, for life one might say you might you might say that uh so i thought that was all very fascinating but this was all led into by me saying it it just kept feeling like Miami Beckham. <laughs> remember, he was here and now he's back, yeah. and and it and it and he's still handsome. Yeah, he and, gets even more handsome as he gets older. And and like to their credit, like he talked a lot about how there were moments, even like two years ago, when he was like, maybe this just isn't going to happen. And he talked about how 
he I wouldn't put these words in his mouth, but he kind of maybe approached it with a little bit of arrogance of like, I'm oh yeah, he Beckham. said he said I thought I could go to Miami, meet with a couple of people, buy, and buy would, a plot of land, yeah, and they'd they be let fine. Me buy, buy, yeah. buy a plot of land, um, yeah. and and so like that was interesting, but it, I think it it just it I was wanted ex- more details, but yeah, yeah I like the true. I like the honesty of it, yeah, true. So it was just in the end a sort of strange event because I think we didn't quite know what it was going to be going in, mm-hmm. and that it was like, ah, look what we've done, mm-hmm. look at this, huh, shiny. I want loud music i want to leave us with this mm-hmm. at least in this uh, this topic um the most ambitious but realistic goal i heard food was good by the way food was good came from larry berg mm-hmm. lafc owner or one of the lafc owners maybe a majority owner mm-hmm. um who said that in 10 years so he chose a 10-year timeline mm-hmm. he thought mls could be the third biggest sport mm-hmm. in the u.s by overtaking um nhl so it'd be mm-hmm. nfl nba mls mm-hmm. right yeah am i missing remember, something do you remember what he then said yeah he ended with a joke yeah. in 25 years um lafc will be the best team in the best league in the world right yes. but that was deliberately a mm-hmm. sort of hyperbolic laugh line I hope but so. i think the 10 years third best sports league in america mm-hmm. was realistic all right yes but here's why it stands out to me you're right am i, am I missing a league oh we'd overtake major league baseball as well yeah. as the nhl yeah but here's why that line stands out to me is because Right there is kind of what it is with this event that like he gave him. That's a realistic answer. Ten years from now, this is a thing that we can target. And yet at the end of it, he still had to say, but we're going to be the best. We're going to be yeah, the best yeah. in the world. But he and undercut it a little bit with humor. Right. So that's why I, that's why I liked his. Yeah. Answers. It's right. just still saying that we're going to be the best. And, <laughs> and maybe they will be. But the statement of it without the backing is where uh, I found myself being slightly, slightly frustrated. You know what would be hilarious? If mm. in 25 years, Major League Soccer is undeniably the very best league in the world, mm-hmm. but LAFC finished runners-up. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing I, that came out, the other thing that came mm-hmm. out of um, this event is uh, there was a little sort of media get-together afterwards, a round mm-hmm. table with some important figures. Mm-hmm. Um, Taylor went to it and managed to get um, uh, what, an interview with Greg Berhalter. Mm-hmm. So yep. we'll have a, an interview with Greg Berhalter coming soon on the Total Soccer Show. Yes, yeah. we shall. Uh, there was, yeah, some uh, chat with Greg Berhalter, a little bit of Howard Webb, a little bit of Cal Martino. Uh, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to combine all that into one show. Yeah. Um, the final, final thing I do want to say, and yeah. I want to give credit to, uh, Jonathan Tannenwald tweeted about this as well. But I will, I will add in the kind of media roundtable at the end when Don Garber was addressing the assembled uh, media personnel, he did end with like, I-, I want to thank you all for what you do. I know sometimes you're critical. Oh, you I, did? Know, okay. I know sometimes we push back, but like basically saying like you all help spread, like spread awareness. You all cover this league and we are grateful for that. So like there was still a level of like appreciation and back and forth communication that I thought was, was, was solid. Even if people don't like Don, Gar- Don, Don Berhalter, Don Garber, that's their portmanteau, I guess. Uh, there are people that's who- if Greg Berhalter like join, joins the mafia and takes over. Yes, exactly. Comes Don Berhalter. Yeah. Hey, There'll be patterns of crime. You never know. <laughs> There'll be patterns of crime. That's phenomenal. That is, I, that, let's just end there. Well done, Daryl. Well done. Congratulations to Don Berhalter. <laughs> well, here's to 25 more years of MLS, because yeah. even if we complain in this and that, it's much better to have Major League Soccer um, and have a, a top-tier professional sports mm-hmm. league that's going and going and go, soccer league that's going and going and going than the opposite. Teamsters Union is the number six, and then <laughs> yeah. Construction Industry is the number 10? Is yes. that about how that works? Right, Absolutely. Cool, 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 cool. They all gather around, and there's a whiteboard and yeah. a flip chart, and yep. he, he shows them the tactics. You, uh, that seems like he's writing stuff down, and I feel like that's a no-no. <laughs> you don't want to take the notes on the criminal conspiracy? I learned that from it. The Wire. You burn it. 
it afterwards. <laughs> okay. All right, Taylor Rockwell, yeah. thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. Yeah, right back at you, buddy. Listeners, thank you for listening. Um, and please catch us on uh, Fubo Sports Network. I'll put the link in the show notes. You don't have to be a Fubo TV subscriber to watch Fubo Sports Network. Thursday, 8 p.m. is our appearance on The Cooligans. I believe it's our first ever appearance on television, our first ever video appearance. I didn't know, didn't know what I looked like until until uh this week we we keep saying that and i keep feeling like it's not true and yet it is we've done a couple of like live streams from yeah. our office but mm-hmm. and we've been on extra time radio yeah. appearing not in studio but um via like mm-hmm. skype or video link so well, you had that two series run on days of our lives right yes okay yeah you played the chair is that what you were did play the chair <laughs> there we go it was very rewarding <laughs> listeners thank you for listening and we will talk to you again soon <laughs>